Hi, everybody. Welcome to another version of the Bruce Singer podcast. Uh, I'm going to tell you a bit about the, the podcast itself. It's all about content storytelling, creating valuable content that the listeners can apply and can use every single day. That's the key. We're here to bring you superb content. And today's going to be no exception. We're going to have a lot of fun with Craig. I'll tell you a bit of Craig in a moment and tell you a bit about myself. Is I'm, I'm the CEO and founder of Canada CFOs which provides fractional and interim CFOs, specifically in the food space, right across the food chain. And again, this podcast is focused on that as well and providing financial leadership, helping companies raise money and financing. There's a whole slew of, of, of things that are included in that. A lot of it's in the, on the funding side. And uh, and today we have a very, uh, very exciting guest. I'm gonna tell you about, thank you, Craig Hanna, for being our guest in the podcast today. It's yeah, great to have you. Thank Bruce. Thanks for having me on. Finally, we got it done. We met, uh, well, we met online at LinkedIn, and then we met at a show maybe eight months ago with that, and uh, we got it done. So this is awesome. This is awesome. You know what oh, I mean? Agreed. Agreed, Bruce. Agreed. Uh, we, we, we've got the same same industry that we're both focused on and passionate about, and we've been talking about trying to do this for a while, so right, right. schedules and lined we, up. And we keep bumping into each other, which is awesome. Anyway, okay, cool. So I'm going to tell you a bit about Craig. Craig's awesome. Like all my guests. I only do awesome guests. Okay, So Craig's awesome. Craig is the is the partner at Sustainable Law at, at Power Sustainable Laos, Leos. Okay, uh, he is a, he is a long term industry food industry. He described himself as a real foodie. He's a long term uh, food industry expert, food industry entrepreneur, uh, food industry executive. Um, he also he's fascinated by the the food the food industry and also the supply chain, which is going to talk we're going to talk about that and by trade very interesting. Uh, he's an engineer by trade and also investment banker and kind of transitioned his way. And he'll tell he'll share his story. And at the same, so he's got a lot of experience in the industry and over 15 years, and it's going to be a very exciting conversation. There's lots going on. And uh, again, so let's have a chat and thanks Greg for, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. So let's, let's talk about, before we talk about your personal story, share what is power sustainable Lyos? What what is what is what's going on? Thanks, Bruce. So, Power Sustainable Lives. Uh, we are a specialized investment platform focused solely on the food industry. And backing up, what what we're trying to do is support great businesses, entrepreneurs, management teams who are building the really important businesses. And we can talk about why why the food industry is transforming and needs to transform, but we're trying to support those businesses with capabilities. So expertise in the industry, networks, connectivity, uh, insights, as well as capital in a way that helps enable them grow and and build really important, significant companies and and a lot of value for all stakeholders. We're uh, based in Toronto with offices in Montreal, Uh, as well. And we're investing across North America. So we'll find companies that are at a growth stage. So businesses that are expanding, uh, that have great traction with customers and need capabilities, and they need capital to help continue on that growth trajectory. And that's what we're trying to provide. We can do that on our own, or we can do that in partnership with others. And we'll typically be investing in businesses where there's a need for somewhere between 20 to $50 million worth of capital over the life of our, our partnership together. And, and we see that as a really underserved part of the market. 
food and, and agriculture are incredibly important. They're uh, nationally significant. They're areas that actually tend to you know, be really resilient through various economic cycles. So investors are starting to find them interesting, but there isn't a lot of specialized groups that are just targeting that area. And in particular, there are a few that are um, like us that will invest at a growth stage. So there are really talented venture capital funds and angel investors that provide these businesses the initial money to get started and to find product market fit and, and sort of move through that first phase. And there are investors at the end of that journey who are interested in acquiring 100% of that business yep. in traditional sort of buyout models. And what we don't see is someone who can help support those businesses in the middle. And that's what we're growth, the growth cap, the growth cap. Yeah, it's the growth capital awesome. that's needed. Yeah. And in Canada, uh, the amount you said, you said a word about specialized in specialized investors. I think we can count them on our fingers. <laughs> yeah, we, we, invest across, <laughs> we invest across North America and, and the same applies south of the border as well. It, it's a very small group. It's a small group. South of the border is a lot more, but in Canada, I've done my Canadian, but anyway, so let's talk about, let's talk about, um, I want to talk about you. There's a story here because when you told me earlier, I'm I'm curious, and I'm sure the audience is. You're a trained engineer, and now you're a, you're a partner in, in investments in food. How how the heck did this happen? <laughs> There's a journey here. There's a story. I'd love to hear it, and I'm sure the the audience would too. Thanks, Chris. Well, I I've been I was really I'm really lucky. I, I get to spend all yeah. of my time focused on an industry that I, I'm really interested in, curious about, passionate about, and, and happy to kind of share how, how how I went from chemical engineering to to getting to to do that. Yep. I I started my uh, my career in corporate finance and investment banking in Toronto. Uh, worked with a lot of mid-market size companies. So growth stage businesses, either as they were accessing capital or more often than not, as they were seeking liquidity at the end of that sort of growth phase. I had a chance to, to leave the sort of advisory world and get some real operating experience with a great growing food company that was um, led by a couple of Canadian entrepreneurs and um, but that was also highly acquisitive. So they acquired a number of food businesses. And that was my role there was to help continue growing through M&A, integrating those businesses, bringing them together and provided an opportunity to then work with the founders of those businesses who maybe had been focused on organic ingredients or on beverages or on snacking products for 20, 30, 40 years. So these were people who are incredibly knowledgeable about their part of the value chain and, and was an incredible learning experience for me. I had a chance to parlay that into an entrepreneurial venture and left and, and got back into the advisory world. So back into consulting and investment banking, but specialized only on food and agriculture. So one of the, the few groups doing that at the time and gave me, you know, some specialization and a, and a bit of a, a bit of a niche to, to really go to market under what was a, a fascinating learning for me under that was about half of our work um, after three or four years was for other investors in the space. So not just working for companies, but actually working for investors 
who were looking for that expertise on the industry. And that was what kind of informed my thinking on the need for a specialized platform to be doing this style of investing. And, and you know, as, as, as you, and, you and I don't know, our networks are really important. And, and someone that I had met uh, maybe five or six years prior to that, Jonathan Belair, one of my, my partners now, uh, who was in a similar role at McCain Foods, was leaving to start a growth equity fund focused on sustainable food. And I said, well, look, I've been working with those types of companies for the last five years. There's absolutely a need for this in the market. You know, what, what if we, uh, what if we try and do that together? And we were really fortunate to find a third partner, uh, James Rickard, who was coming out of a, an incredible career at, at Brookfield Asset Management, where he was a managing partner when he left there. And, and the three of us set out to do this and the next stage of an entrepreneurial venture. And we've been really fortunate. We've, we found uh, a, a relatively small number of institutions across North America who believed in the strategy and the need to do this. So we were able to attract capital, which like like lots of the companies we're doing, we, we spent the first time, you know, it's fundraising. You're telling people the story about why this exists and why it needs to happen. And, and we're now in a position where we've got uh, a $300 million first fund and we're investing out of that. So I get to spend my time split between working with the companies that we invest in and looking for new opportunities to invest. So lots of discussions with people across the value chain and, and really try and leverage that experience having operated and advised everywhere from ingredients and how food's being grown and produced all the way to, you know, how it's getting to a consumer's uh, pantry in their house. And that's going to, that is going to change over the years. And you said how it's going to get to consumer's pantry. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> If we if we sit back five years, who knows what's going to happen? Drones get delivered to the. I don't. Know, we're just talking. You know, we, that's all, all part of all this new tech. I agree. Is I'm, I'm part not of value to chain. figure out the, the the drone delivery, but we are talking with companies that that's, are that's food value you know, chain have have, have great yeah. uh, great food products, and they're trying to figure out how do they get them to consumers. And exactly. and the nice place, and and probably unique part about our focus is, uh, our we only invest in companies where the the growth of that business has a positive impact from a sustainability perspective so that's the the middle part of our name and power sustainable leos the first part in power is, is actually power corporation so the long-standing very uh respected canadian corporation power corp are partners right. with us in this and uh, we're part of a, a broader group called Power Sustainable, which are different strategies. We're the group focused on food. There are others focused on energy and infrastructure, yeah. other important climate um, prerogatives, but always where there's a long-term lens focused on sustainability and catalyzing capital behind that sustainable so let's, growth. Let's talk, let's talk about that. Is this, is this a fair statement when I'm saying uh, food tech is climate tech? Is that a fair statement? Well, stepping back, we, we think about sort of why sustainability is yeah, relevant in the yeah. food industry. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it is, it's a huge emitter. Uh, it is a huge source of sort of global um, greenhouse gas emissions and CO2. Uh, so it's, it's important for anyone who's thinking about climate that, that food's on the list. And, and it is a really important um, area 
But we're also excited about sustainability within the food system because it's so relevant to consumers. And, and yes, consumers care about uh, the environment, but they also care about all of the other aspects of sustainability, how that food's being grown and produced, how the people involved in that supply chain are being treated, how the packaging the food comes in is disposed of in the end of the life of that product, how, how many food miles are involved, how water and other resources are being used. So we see consumers increasingly expecting, demanding more traceability, more transparency in terms of how their foods are being produced and ultimately believe that the companies that are doing the right things in their supply chain are going to be better positioned with those customers uh, to, to grow and be really successful. So to attract for these companies to like what, like to attract, talk more about attracting investment. Like I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a founder, I'm an investor and I want to look, I may have to do some pivoting of my business, you know, to be more investable, if you want to call it, you know, what are you seeing in the market right now? Like what's, what's really turning investors cranks? Uh, well, sharing any trade secrets, you know, innovation. No, no. Yeah, what do you really to go mean? into at least how, how we think about yeah, it? How can we help? How can we help these these food companies get capital? Because today, it, it's an issue. It's an issue. You know, they're, it's very competitive. They're having trouble raising money. I mean, all, we all know eventually things do change. Uh, it's really Everything is cyclical. That's that's the way it works. But right now, it's a tough environment. So what what can they? What do you, what are your thoughts? So. When when we're looking at businesses, and, and this this is a bit of a an us you know a, a power sustainable Leo specific lens, we're looking for businesses with great growth potential, and where the growth of that business has a measurable positive impact from a sustainability perspective. Okay. And that's going to be different depending on where that company operates in the value chain. It the sustainability attributes of that business at a uh, agricultural sort of production level is going to be different than if you're a food ingredients company or a food manufacturer, and probably different again if you're a consumer brand or you're the drone company dropping off you know sustainable yeah. groceries to someone's house. So it can't be a one size fits all um, formula in, in our world. When we look at what does great growth potential mean, it's usually a few things. Uh, it, it always starts with the team. And we are ultimately backing founders or really strong management teams, operators who are, you know, dealing with the hundred things that you need to think about every day to, to try and make a food business work. So we we're, we're first and foremost, we're trying to evaluate those teams. Part and parcel with that is, is what are those groups looking for an invest in an investor? And for us, we're trying to make sure that we can provide the the value that they expect from a partner. And yeah, you're talking fit. Fit. <laughs> fit is huge. Fit. fit. And, and oh, fit, fit for us <laughs> is different than it will be for some investors. There exactly. are investors who are looking for uh, passive style investments where the involvement might be reading a report, attending a you know a quarterly board meeting. We're much more active than that. We, okay. we really believe that our experience, having been through growing, building, scaling businesses is relevant and that our networks of 
former executives of other operators can be helpful to these businesses as they're scaling. And, and we're looking for partners who, who want that. And not every business needs that. So we're trying to find that fit of is that are the gaps in the business ones that we can help close, that we can help de-risk or that we can help accelerate. So we're thinking about that. We're looking for businesses with strong economic fundamentals. We, uh, I think probably all investors now are more focused on that than ever before. It has really always been a part of our psyche that we are trying to look for businesses that are financially sustainable as well as environmentally and socially sustainable. But uh, we're, we're not... Um, we're not exclusively weighing just sort of financials. There's a people element that is incredibly important. There's a financial element that's really important. And then we're trying to hopefully come to that business with some insights about the area in the value chain that they're operating and understanding are there, you know, strong tailwinds behind it or these areas where there's an evolution from a, supply chain from a supply demand perspective from a consumer or a customer perspective that helps us understand and ultimately develop a hypothesis around why this business will continue to grow will continue to be successful and ultimately then the last piece is we're looking for a fit with the size and the type of investments we make so is there a really good, is there a need for some, you know, uh, uh, an investment like ours that helps enable further growth? So maybe I can just quickly uh, share as an example. So the, the first business that we had an opportunity to partner with is a company called uh, True Leaf, which has a leafy greens, uh, a vertical farming uh, business called Good Leaf uh, with products that they produce out of a facility in Guelph, Ontario. That if you're you're lucky enough to be someone listening to this who lives in Ontario, you can find these lettuces and microgreens at most grocery stores today, and they're phenomenal products. So, sorry, maybe maybe the even before we think about team and talent and fundamentals, this is food. It's got to taste great. It's got to be a really good product oh, at the end oh, of the day. If it don't taste good, uh, you're done. <laughs> I agree. So they've got a great yeah. product, but they were at capacity. The, the farm that they operate in Guelph, Ontario is full and they needed to expand. These are businesses that are capital intensive. So they needed capital to be able to build new farms. And they had large grocer customers and large food service customers who need a solution, not just for Ontario, but across this very large country that we live in, in Canada. So they're building two new farms, one in Montreal, uh, Quebec, and one in Calgary, Alberta. And so there was a clear use case where our capital could be deployed to help grow that business, have a really positive impact from a sustainability perspective, have really attractive financial returns associated with that, and where there was a desire to have the right sort of engagement with us, our team, our network, where we can help add value as that business is growing and scaling. Very interesting. Very interesting. I, I get I get now the picture of what you look after what you look after that. That's very good for sharing. You know, one of the things it's um to get into it's getting to the next level. Yeah. You know, do you have any thoughts on so what happens what happens if a company um let's say you, you can't work with a company, they're too small, like how do you 
is there any advice you can, how do they get like, cause that's what I always hear it, it's it, to get to that. Like when you're successful, it's easy to be more. So everybody wants you, you're more successful, but you have any thoughts on how do you get to, how do they get to that point where, where they're not there yet for you, but they're, they're before they're ready. Any, any, any thoughts or advice? Yeah, sure. And I think this was probably back to one of the conferences that we we, we keep bumping into each other. We're often meeting companies that are earlier stage, and that it's frankly one of the best parts of my job is getting to learn about these really interesting businesses that are usually led by incredibly passionate entrepreneurs. The advice to them, and and why it's worthwhile for us to always have a conversation with them, is we. Selfishly, we learn a lot. Like those conversations are great for those businesses expanding their network with um, investors in the food industry. I think is always valuable, and keeping those investors informed about their progress. It is often um, it is often challenging to try and raise capital precisely when it's needed, uh, and being able to sort of take a slightly longer term view on that telling people what you're going to do, telling people how you're doing it, and then building credibility and trust is always effective. It's not always feasible. Like you need to start somewhere. So I, I realize I'm describing sort of the, the utopia scenario where there is runway. For the businesses that are earlier, the ones that we've seen that have had the most success attracting early stage um, investment are usually focused on, you know, really significant problems or, or challenges where there's a big market opportunity and conversely where they have a unique value proposition. So um, it is likely more challenging if you are launching um, a, another food product into a crowded category that's undifferentiated you know, to attract capital and, and convince and show investors why that product is more likely to be successful than the competitors versus a, a business that is um, exists and, and is operating in a space where there's less competition, uh, maybe a more unique uh, value proposition or attributes to that, the product or solution that they're selling. And, and what we're seeing then is, you know, investors are usually looking for sort of early signs of traction. Uh, so validation, if it's a more technology-driven business, validation from first customers who are helping, you know, an investor get comfortable that, look, this, the, the, product, the proposition resonates, the technology works, those pieces. Or if it's a food business, being able to show that, like not only are products getting listed, but that there's velocity and sell through behind those. And usually that the ones that have been uh, the most successful have kind of focused on a very narrowly defined end market or a narrowly defined region. So uh, maybe focusing less on getting listings across the country and more showing that there's great velocity and traction within a smaller market that can then be replicated and, and scaled. Interesting. You know, thank you. We're coming to a close to an end to the podcast. I want to ask you, I want to ask you one other question and part of uh, one of the things that, that, that learnings, um, when it comes to investing, the, there's also been a shift in investing, but I, I think there's also been a shift in valuation, you know, uh, is there a meeting of the minds <laughs> when it comes to, 
because that's a, a very tough thing for people to swallow, you know, when their valuation was so much. And what do you see? What are you seeing in the market? What do you? What can you comment about value? I just want to talk about that for just a moment. What can you? What can you yeah, share right. on valuation? Yeah, yeah. we 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 look. We, I think we try and really stay on top of that from yeah. you know all of the reports and trends and things that we we've yeah. seen, and we saw that public markets, and then we saw that start to trickle into the private markets sort of more slowly, and uh, have have heard you know, and I think we're, we're probably heard more anecdotes about people uh, where value expectations between buyers and sellers are really far apart. The piece that, that probably you know we benefit from is one where not uh, we're often not investing with a high le- amount of leverage, which tends to impact okay. sort of financial investors and their ability to pay. So it's interest rates have gone up as the availability of credit for kind of traditional bio private equity has tightened. That's constrained valuations, what a, an investor can pay. We're, we're typically investing earlier than that. So leverage isn't a big part of the, right. the value proposition right. for us. And two, we're, we're a little unique in that we will invest in minority uh, investments as well as controlling investments. Okay. So uh, in, in those situations, owners, entrepreneurs, founders are, are often valuing other aspects of a transaction, of a partnership, in addition to valuation. And so we, we, we're probably not um, not dealing with that as a challenge to deal making in the space that we operate in as much as we're reading about it in the headlines and some other yes. areas. Yes. That was, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much. Craig, this has been very insightful. We can talk for hours. <laughs> you know? Bruce, as we have previously so like it's a pleasure as always bruce and and it's an absolute pleasure exactly it's an absolute pleasure thank you so much and uh any final words before we head out uh bruce look, we're, we're we're both really fortunate and we're we're spending our time in a really interesting important yeah. area uh so uh, I, I, I'll look forward to staying in touch. And thank uh, you so much. Is there any companies that are are in this area that want to have a chat, that are thinking about growth, that are thinking about sustainability, uh, we're we're always happy to speak with them, and we enjoy thank it immensely. You. Thank you. And I'll make sure I'll include the oh, the links, some links in the in the podcast as well. Uh, that'd be great. Here, Thanks for some links. And thank you so much. And uh, there's one other comment I was going to say, but I I don't remember what it was. But anyways, we'll get it next time. Okay, everybody have a great day and we'll uh, we look forward to the next podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.